and welcome to Tokelore. I'm Sarah. I'm Kiki. Get stoned with us as we discover what folklore is and where to find it. And as we learn about ancient and contemporary cultures. All while imbibing in local cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah is going to induct me into the Doctor Who fandom and share a Doctor Who Christmas tradition with me. That's right. I'm unsure how far back it goes, but I know Stephen Moffat definitely made the tradition stick. And we started our research with his first one, The Christmas Invasion. And you ended it with the latest holiday special, right? Sure did. Now grab that sonic screwdriver and let's go. On Tokelore. are we smoking what you smoking what am i smoking it's What's... called skinny right okay i found it you tell us all about it <sighs> from bishop orchard little bish uh i don't okay um and the strain we were smoking is called skinny and it was a half gram pre-roll they're Let's cute little see. guys they were pretty cute seemed really small only 16 and a half percent thc Seems surprisingly low. It seems it seems like an energetic one, though. They are energetic. They definitely make us chatty, yes. or at least me. But it doesn't take much to make me chatty, <laughs> unfortunately. It, I feel like it's the the microphone is now a trigger. Like as soon as as soon as we get in front of a microphone, have you noticed? Even when you're not recording, you talk into the mic as yeah. if we're recording. It's right there in front of me. Yeah, hmm. it's good practice to get in the habit of doing because. I have a tendency to like not be looking directly at the mic, and sometimes it really affects the quality of the recording. Um, and then what else? What are? Do, what do you? What else are you smoking over there, Sarah? <laughs> All right, I mentioned this earlier. The Roach Queen. <laughs> She's so, smoking all my roaches. I, Kiki has a collection of roaches that she hasn't touched, and there's it, there's plenty of decent weed there. You just have to be patient not to pull too hard so you don't burn your lungs because it's the tail end of the joint. It takes talent. Yeah. So I'm, you know, giving that a run. Mm-hmm. It's I a don't good know. Thing. There's four in here. There was, no, there's three in there. The fourth one is the last of my skinny joint that I already mm. smoked. There is. It's a good thing that there's a weird sink in this bedroom so that we can refill the water because you're definitely going to get dry throat after oh, smoking yeah. all smoking of these, Yeah, smoking these roaches. <laughs> there, yeah. is a weir- there is a weird sink in here. It's weird. I don't know why it's here. Yeah. Hey, college dorm, college apartment complexes are weird. There isn't one in the other one, though. But they, uh, there are several, I'm sure, that do have them. Like, I can't tell you how many bizarre designs I've seen for apartments. I'm like, they just didn't know where to put it, so they just stuck it. Why? <laughs> it's literally in, an alcove that could just be more of the room. Could be like, more closet. Or more closet, yeah. No, no, they have to put a sink in your bedroom? Okay. 
Great. All right. There's one in the bathroom. There's one in the kitchen. Apparently, you needed a third. I need a third one. Yeah. That's it's not a big apartment, is, but it's got three sinks. That is the secret to life. You need three sinks. Okay. All right. Good to know. <laughs> I don't, I'm. I have. I have four in my new house. That's oh, you're right, good. folks. I'm buying a house. Congratulations. Took me forever to become an adult. <laughs> that what makes us grown ups. It's terrifying to feel grown up. Blech. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to my hot tub and an actual potential recording studio so that we have versatile <laughs> opportunities or, God forbid, one of us is really sick, we can record remotely. And that, that will be really easy to do. Mm-hmm. So, having that space set up. Yeehaw. So, yeah, that's what we're smoking chatty weed. Yep. And whatever is left over from previous joints that could be anything Kiki has smoked. I think one of them you said was a CBD. One of them, yeah, yeah. Don't don't know which one, and I don't know what it is. So it's a very Doctor Who Christmas over here. Mm-hmm. We, I need I need to preface this because I'm high and I like to ramble, and sometimes mm. the I like the you know all the fun bits in a story. And so we wanted to do a holiday, like winter holiday traditions episode. Mm -hmm. And we decided to start digging in and finding out anywhere in the world what kinds of winter holiday type traditions there were. Because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of variations. There's some that are very, very similar because of their proximity to the same to other cultures with similar traditions, likely have similar ancestry, uh, especially throughout the North. I feel like there's a lot of real similar traditions there. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> One of the things we found, it was really difficult to find winter holiday type traditions in the Southern Hemisphere that hadn't been pretty much completely whitewashed by colonialism was really really hard to find something that wasn't just christmas in, in reverse yeah so we were chagrined to say the least and especially since we're actually recording this fairly close to when it's going to be released uh and realizing just um, how much of a challenge that was in such short notice mm-hmm. so while we were sitting down to put this outline together, I started the conversation of the Doctor Who Christmas specials. I don't even know how we started it. I have no idea how we started it. I have it. no idea either how it came about. I just remember thinking what kinds of traditions actively try to turn the narrative on their ear, you know, to change mm-hmm. it up a little bit. And I feel like the Doctor Who Christmas specials do a really good job of metaphorically embodying the stress and anxiety and frustrations that really surround the holidays that people spend a lot of money and alcohol and just effort to try to forget or avoid or pretend isn't happening. And so it's very cathartic, I think, especially because it comes out right at Christmas. Mm. And they all have this similar thread as we started talking about it and realizing that like, this is, this is actually kind of a fun tradition. And there's some folklore behind you, how I it's don't, evolved. I don't watch Doctor Who, so yeah. I've, I don't, I have no idea any of these. And she just seemed really excited about it. So I was like, why don't we just do that instead? <laughs> Makes sense. So it's a great opportunity to introduce you to Doctor Who because it is one of the delightful, quirky things about it, where they take life and show it as at its absolute worst possible thing. Oh my God! Oh my God! A third of the world is going to be killed, or. 
a half of us will be enslaved. Like, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, the normal problems billions around the billions. And of course, <clears throat> they sweep in and, and with simple, like, thoughtfulness and in some ways kindness, uh, they've saved the day. That's pretty cool. Very stylish manner, always. Yeah, quirky, a little silly. Clever. Mm-hmm. Very clever. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that about the doctor. Mm-hmm. Always very clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So we watched, uh, what's it called? Christmas, Christmas Invasion. Invasion. Yes. So Christmas Invasion is the first full episode, I believe, with David Tennant as the new doctor. I believe the 10th doctor. And he, you're dealing with your, your heroine with the hero has had this radical event. He looks completely different. He doesn't entirely act in a way that's familiar to her. And now she's come home and it's Christmas. (laughs) And the world's (laughs) being invaded by aliens. (laughs) It's a really interesting moment of just realizing how much the holidays turn life upside down, Mm -hmm. whether you were expecting it to or not. just happens. Mm -hmm. A lot more stress around it. Yeah. And then I watched Eve of the Daleks, which was, that was fun. Is that from last year? Sure. Yes, I think so. It's the most recent Christmas episode that there is out Mm -hmm. there. But it was New Year's Eve instead of Christmas. And where did you watch this on? HBO Max. All right. So that's currently all of the Doctor Who episodes from Doctor Nine through present. So from the reboot, the revival or, you know, renewal of the show and the early aughts yes it was good still running it's yeah it's still going it's surprising how much that show really gets to you they do such a really beautiful job of introducing uh characters that you get really attached to and they don't stick around but the doctor's always there even though he doesn't look the same Mm -hmm. and he always has that sorrow that he carries with him that he's so long-lived that he he has to watch so many people around him grow old and die you know, as a time lord, he travels anywhere in time. He's very nearly immortal. Right. And uh, and so he's not a vampire, but he definitely has some of the same struggles that they would have. Mm-hmm. The putting up with their existence. Yeah. yeah. But that's one of, I think, the beautiful things about Doctor Who is that he's really celebrated the beauty of humanity, how it's managed to survive with such short lifespans and such little technology and the hope and tenacity we have to continue to exist in the face of all the shit we deal with every day. Like (laughs) that resiliency and hope inspires him. And so he's fallen in love with the human race because his race is almost non-existent. Like Mm. they've been nearly all eradicated by the Daleks, which is why the Daleks are big bad because Genocide is a thing they do mm-hmm. to whole planets. They're like the Borg. Hmm? They're like the Borg. They are. They are a lot like the Abor- the Borg. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't even some uh, crossover and inspiration. I mean, the, both Star Trek and Doctor Who has been around for a long time. They're mm-hmm. both in the sci-fi genre. Uh, I think that Doctor Who started before Star Trek but not by much. They were black and white episodes. So mm. that tells you how far mm-hmm. back Doctor Who goes versus... Yeah, technically. I'm pretty sure I the think. first Star Trek episode was black and white, or was in color, but it was in the 70s, or late yeah. 60s. 
can't remember. I don't remember. I wasn't born yet, so. Yeah, it's just useless information that my brain picks up on when I find something to obsess about for a little while. Doctor Who essentials. Yes, tell us Doctor Who essential, like the information you need to know, like your welcome packet. Welcome packet. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. um, He's the doctor. His name isn't Doctor Who. Uh, the show is called Doctor Who because when he introduces himself to people, they say, he says, I'm the doctor. And they're like, well, Doctor Who? Because everyone in this world is used to the doctor as a title that goes before your name. And for him, where he's from, it's who he is. He's the doctor. <laughs> Period. <laughs> he fixes and heals things, I guess. And, and there's something about his approach to celebrating life that does definitely, I think, have that element. But um, there's a lot more turmoil there, and I'm not going to go into it because that's a whole other episode and probably pro- many episodes. I'm sure there could be whole podcasts about Doctor Who. <laughs> there's so many episodes. There probably is. Uh, so, yeah. So he is a Time Lord, and he flies around in a police call box called the TARDIS. And time and relative dimension in space, I believe is what it stands for. And basically, it's just bigger on the inside. So it's a spaceship that's disguised to blend in. Mm. But the only place it blends in anywhere is at a specific point in time in England, <laughs> in London. Because they got had these broken, police right? public call boxes. They didn't have them for very long. Mm. They don't exist anymore either. So people see them and they are like, what is this? It's obviously defunct because <laughs> no one uses them anymore. Right. And uh, and then he has a sonic screwdriver, which is this alien technology that allows Does him everything. to open and fix, open anything, fix anything. It's very, very handy tool. Mm-hmm. Catch all. And um, I'd mentioned the psychic paper too, but it doesn't come up very often, so. Oh, psychic paper. <laughs> yes. Well, you can't just lead with, you can't, you can't <laughs> lead with that, so you have to fill that in. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> so the doctor has uh, this thing called psychic paper, and he uses it not very frequently. I don't know enough about where it comes from, but it's also alien tech, and it's psychic. It has the ability to project to the viewer whatever the possessor wants them to see or suggests for them to see. So, like, the doctor will pull it out and claim that he's some health inspector or some sort of professional of some sort or another and the psychic paper will appear to them as the proper paperwork that they would expect a person of that stature to have okay this explains some things i saw in the episode yeah 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 yeah. um and uh and it doesn't come up a whole lot but it does occasionally come in handy when you need to get into places that you wouldn't normally be able to get into Mm -hmm. so they're kind of like um shit i forgot their names supernatural guys damn it the guys from supernatural they always have paperwork to say that they're oh yeah the winchesters thank you Mm -hmm. who is doctor who well i think i answered part of that yeah i think you yeah he's an alien uh a time lord is the time lords is the name of the alien race but he looks very human and there are certain elements about him that are uh extremely human-like and 
the one really big defining factor besides their regeneration powers is they have two hearts. Hmm. So, hmm. no way. It's like they have a backup. So it's really hard to kill them. You got to shoot both hearts. Mm-hmm. Not shoot them, but you know what I mean. You have to <laughs> damage both. Damage both. Yeah. I'm just imagining if you shoot, if they get shot with a gun in the heart, only one stops. So they'll, it, it, it won't kill them. That's where my brain was going. So, who is Doctor Who? Here I'm opening another piece of candy as I start. Mm-hmm. That's a dork. Don't mind me. I like the green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, they're both very unique. What are we eating, Sarah? We are eating, it's called Deep. And they are like gummy candies made with actual real fruit pulp. So it's kind of like no THC. fruit leather. Yeah, no, there's no there's no weed in these. They're just treats. Good. I picked them up at the local Indian food store. And they have a lot of imported tasties from other countries. Mm-hmm. All right. Can you sum up the Christmas invasion episode? Oh, okay. I was going to finish up with, with who the doctor was. Oh, I'm was. sorry. There's, there's one other piece of important information about who he is. He is one of the last of his kind. When you first are introduced to him initially, he thinks he's the only one left. But after 13 13 seasons, we know that he isn't the only Time Lord left, but most all of them are dead. They have been nearly completely annihilated. I feel like I saw the episode where he discovers another Time Lord accidentally, like hidden in this weird colony, stuck in the ground, on a planet. I don't know. Potentially. I don't remember. It's been a while, and there are a lot of episodes, so. I saw that. I saw that. So that you have seen Doctor Who before. Bits and pieces. Okay, cool. Christmas Invasion. So this is the season, technically, finale Christmas episode of season one. What they call season one in the the new universe. In HBO Max. Yeah, so this is... Season one was Christopher Eccleston as the ninth doctor and he exits the show and they bring in David Tennant as the new doctor and the Christmas invasion starts with him still regenerating. It's like still going through the process of regenerating and needing to continue to rest and sleep while his body is acclimating to its new form. Meanwhile, aliens are invading earth and uh, (laughs) Rose has to, work with the prime minister to try to prevent, you know, all-out war and destruction of the planet. Of course. Yeah, it's pretty intense. That's what the holidays kind of feels like. You're just kind of all avoiding a melt, like a nuclear meltdown in the family. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I just, I just think of Christmas vacation. How it started off so hopeful, and then it just ended in SWAT teams and a kidnapping and a lot of drama. Christmas invasion? Christmas vacation. vacation. The la- Christmas invasion. We just, oh my gosh. I made an unintentional connection. Yeah. <sighs> Christmas vacation was a National Lampoon's, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But maybe I wonder if this is what this is based, the title is based off of. I don't know. So I'm curious, as we're on the topic of the Christmas invasion, because it does all come to a head in the end. I do appreciate our heroine doesn't need the doctor necessarily, but she needs the doctor because he's the only one capable of having the communication or dealing with this alien race who he 
he basically has feels the self-appointed like protector of earth from other alien races because he doesn't want them to be overly exposed before they're ready to handle mm. like being a part of the greater galactic world you know mm-hmm. universe not just earth they definitely do a really good job of of his companions are they're not helpless they often put themselves at risk being with the doctor but they are it's a very symbiotic relationship the doctor needs his companions to help keep him grounded because otherwise he's stuck with his own thoughts and too much time thousands of years he's lived that he has to like relive and come to terms with all the apparently traumatic things he's experienced and and actually caused so he does have some darkness in his past but everyone does i think part of what makes him an interesting character is to just see how someone who has to live that long would psychologically handle themselves yeah (laughs) that seems like a lot what did you think about the ending predictable and cute really yeah i mean i knew he was gonna come back at the last minute sure sure but i mean beyond that like the the little that last little snippet so no spoil i mean we're gonna spoil it because you know it's been out long enough you all have had a chance to see it if you'd have wanted to (laughs) and if you don't want it spoiled then you should probably just stop listening to this episode and go watch doctor who and then come back (laughs) and then come back it's it's interesting. I like the show. No, the so the doctor succeeds in convincing them they need to leave, and they do. Mm-hmm. And the prime minister orders an attack. Oh on, yeah, that that as was is they're leaving, and it upsets the doctor greatly that humanity would make that choice and and make such a violent and unfortunate one. There is that that really is a nod to the violent history he comes from. Because he's seen what that approach does to planets, mm. his own planet even. And I think that scares him seeing humans on that same trajectory because it didn't end well for his own people. Right. So, But I loved what he did, his way of handling his disappointment. He didn't rake her over the coals. She, he, she knew what she did that disappointed him. And the one thing that he did to essentially get her back for what she did mm-hmm. was to just plant a seed of doubt just mm-hmm. one little seed of doubt it didn't he didn't he didn't have to brainwash anyone Mm-mm. he just simply said you look tired oh no he didn't no, even say it to her didn't say it to her he, he said to someone else doesn't she look told tired? her he told her i'm gonna ruin you with four, with six six words words and he goes to her, her assistant mm-hmm. and he whispers in, in her assistant's ears doesn't she look tired to you or something yeah does she look tired to you and then she goes, what did he say to you? What did he say? And the guy's like, nothing really. And so like. And everybody started getting paranoid. She got paranoid and everyone started reading into it and being like, oh, maybe she is. Maybe she's had too much. <laughs> yeah. She got forced into re- early retirement. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Which is sad because um, I was watching, I've been rewatching it since this. I didn't get to the christmas episode but i think the part of the reason why i brought it up in the first place is because i'd started rewatching the show and so mm. it's on my mind lately and after the first i think two episodes i think it's episode three of the very first season is the episode when she is 
not the prime minister and it's how she meets the doctor mm. and it's another alien invasion that she is a part of helping like uncover this one's more of like a body snatchers situation like mm. invasion and so there are all these different like cabinet members at, of the ministry or whatever in the uk that are that have been their bodies have been taken over by these alien beings and so yeah <laughs> they're trying to basically like rule the world through the uk <laughs> like been there done that dude didn't work out so well for the British Empire. <laughs> and she was a delightful character in that. Like, very smart, very savvy. But it was an interesting character arc that you get to see how those kinds of positions of power wear on you. Mm. In some ways, it almost mirrors the trajectory of the evolution of the Doctor. Mm. If you think about it. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Well... We don't have to go into it because we're talking about the Christmas invasion. <laughs> but That's some true. other time, happy to share. Sarah my... loves nerding out about Doctor Who. I do. Mm. Anyway, Viva the Daleks. I want to hear about this one because I haven't actually seen any of the episodes with the new Doctor, Jodie. What's her name? Jodie. Whitaker. Whitaker, thank you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, it was, it was really good. And um, I also found it kind of there was a bit of a romantic comedy in it and i found the romantic comedy to be very predictable like i predicted what was going on from like the second go round of so the so what happened was um the tardis had to to shut down for a while to repair itself uh-huh. and so she thinks she's taking them to this beautiful beach location and she actually takes them to the basement level of a storage facility in England on eight minute nine minutes eight minutes to the to midnight on New Year's Eve <laughs> and finds that there's a Dalek roaming around killing killing them and then they come back and it's a time loop and so they have to figure out how to escape the Daleks and get out of the time loop. And so there's so there's two other people. So she has two companions, a man and a woman, and I Dan and Sheffield. And there's a thing between Sheffield um and the doctor, but apparently they're not admitting it. So not yet. They're not ready yet. Um but there are two other people in the storage facility. <laughs> There's a woman that she gets roped into working on New Year's Eve every year. And then the one customer that always comes in on New Year's Eve every year. And it turns out that he's been going there because she's, he knows she's going to be there. But he's like, it's always an awkward time to like say that to somebody like that. Cl-. I'm like, that's fair. That close to midnight. That's, that's a big chance. So it was cute. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought you were saying something about how uh, David Tennant's doctor, the te- tenth doctor, that's what you said. Yes. Um, how he relies on his companions to keep him grounded, mm-hmm. and I thought that because he, because like the companions kind of take over at least in the beginning of the ep- the episode until the resolution, they kind of take over and they're tr- trying to solve this stuff. This doctor tries to keep her companions safe and separate from the danger 
like at, like at one point she's like i need you guys have to stay here i need to know where you are so that i could do this and she's like just stay here and sheffield gets angry and she's like why don't you stop telling us to leave like why do you stop why can't you why don't you stop leaving us is what she yells at her so it sounds like that's a pattern that this particular doctor does and i don't know if that the 10th doctor does that at all it is something that i think that is thematic of the doctor now that you bring that up i hadn't really put two and two together i've seen enough different doctors to know that tenant does it matt smith's doctor who does it peter capaldi is his his doctor the 12th doctor is actually avoiding having another companion And so, in fact, actively struggling to resist having the one he currently has and ditches her in a random time and place because he's just so panicked and can't work out his shit that he did leave her. Um, And he comes back eventually and figures his shit out. But, like, meanwhile, she's freaking out because she's been stranded in another universe at another time with no way of figuring. I mean, she's Clara is an incredibly intelligent and very... Um, able-bodied woman so she had traveled enough with the doctor and had been with him since I think that she shows up in early Matt Smith she may have even been in Tenet I feel like Impossible Girl was in the David Tenet yeah so um, the the character companion Clara Oswald has been with the doctor for a very long time because she has shown up in multiple episodes before she becomes his companion. And when he finds her, she knows him already. Right? And he's just like, who are you? She's one of my favorite companions. I like Rose, but I'd have to say Clara is my favorite. So how did they resolve the Eve of the Daleks? If you don't mind spoiling the ending for me. Um... They blew up the storage facility. Yeah, pretty much. But it, the trick was to get out before it blew up. And the Daleks at one point kept multiplying. So there were there were then two in one of the time loops. And then there were four. And then they were just surrounded. Mm-hmm. And so, but every, so every loop, they would come back a minute later. So every loop, they would have less time to solve the problem. Okay. So that was a really interesting That's twist. a fun brain teaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. But it turns out, like, the woman that was there, um, she wasn't supposed to be there, right? She was she was supposed to be at a party or something, and somebody was supposed to be there for her, but he bailed. And he, I guess that's the thing that he does. He bails every year. It's happened for, like, the last three years or whatever. Um, Why does she keep doing it for him, then? Because she technically, she owns it. So oh. it was, she kind of accidentally inherited it after an uncle died or something. And so she just like, and slowly it just snuck up on me and it became my life. And so I think the the storage business burning down was good for her. (laughs) Set her free. And then she and this person went, I guess, decided after like everything was solved, they decided they were going to travel the world together as their first date. (laughs) That's a pretty intense first date. That is an intense first date. But I feel like after going through eight time loops and dying in every single one almost that would i don't know i feel like that creates a bit of a bond yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. because in every time loop they died except for the last one well that is another thing about the doll the uh, Daleks, about the doctor companions are not invincible Mm. they don't they don't always survive 
Yeah, they're human. Yep. Sometimes it's good to be reminded of it. Yeah. Like, I think it's good. That's another way to ground the doctor. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting, actually, the number of times in the series that humans get stuck in a time loop, sending them backwards. Jack Harkness, that helped, happened to him, happened to Rory, happened to the doctor in River Song. Well, he didn't go backwards. She did. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were a little more subtle about it with Clara Oswald, but I know she did. Mm. because she gets trapped inside a Dalek. In inside. Inside, yes. And and there's this one episode that's really strange, and it's the Doctor, and I can't remember if it's Dan- Tenet or Smith, but it's before she's ever been introduced as a character of the show. And, and you find out over time where they finally learn how to communicate, understand what he's saying, because all they're hearing is like, Dalek speak that's obnoxious and sounds very hateful and and then she finally figures out how to communicate to him so he could hear what she's actually trying to say is I'm in here get me out mm. <laughs> and then she there's a couple of other episodes and then they enter then he meets her randomly as like a school teacher randomly just in the UK she's just she teaches I think English or something like that out of blue and and he knows he's met her several other times before, so she's so she's interesting to him. So he invites her to join him, and it starts this trajectory. Sarah's got the munchies. It's I not do. me this time. It's not me this time. It's totally me. I'm sorry. <laughs> These are not easy to open. No, it's because they're sticky. Yeah. All right. I think Eve of the Daleks. We pretty much covered it, yeah? I feel like, yeah, I think we, I think so. Um, Something else that she said when she was trying to keep her companion safe, she said to Sheffield, she was like, "Um, my actions are catching up with me. Mm -hmm. And there's something there, apparently. I I mean, obviously, there's something there, but I I don't know the context. I think, here's a theory. I haven't watched any of the 13th Doctor, so I don't know, but what if... The doctor is starting to get to a point in their life where the ripple effect of their meddling through time and space is becoming more and more visible. And mm. and they're seeing that the wake of that ripple is getting closer and closer to him or her, to them. To them, yeah. You know? Which makes me wonder, are they leading up to an end for the doctor then? What happens when when the when those that that ripple effect becomes a noose? Yeah. So, who knows? Uh. How are the doctors similar, and how are they different? Well, in the in Christmas Invasion, he was regenerating for a good portion of it, so yeah. he wasn't even there. She was at her full strength. Yeah. Well, the TARDIS wasn't though. Right. Well, and the TARDIS wasn't working in this one either because it was directly linked to the doctor in his regeneration. He explained and, it like a circuit. Mm-hmm. And so it was sort of shorted out or it focused, refocused all of its energy towards his regeneration rather than the peripheral skills that they had available, which was the translating people in the TARDIS that had been on the TARDIS. It will translate wherever, right. wherever, whatever. That's really cool. Isn't That's it? really convenient. That's super convenient. That's that was actually the funny thing that came up with 
the invasion, the Christmas invasion, because you knew when the TARDIS was coming back online because suddenly the villain who was speaking this really intense, um, scary, guttural language was just speaking English. And they were like, you're speaking English. And he was like, no, I'm not. I would never dirty my tongue with that vile language. And they're like, no, that's that's what we're hearing. We're you're hearing you're speaking English just like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're like, oh wait, the TARDIS. TARDIS. Yeah, that's what they clued. They were clued in that the Doctor had finally woken up. That's a really clever way to do that. I thought it was. It's yeah. predictable. I guarantee you that there are very seldom. In fact, I think some of the best episodes are episodes like that surprise you. They don't happen often, but they do happen. And I think they're well earned for how predictable everything else can be. And I think what That's I cute. like is what is predictable is that eventually the doctor comes back. Like Always. Um, so how are they similar? Okay. You said they they all have very heavy s- consciences. Heavy conscience. Yes. I also think that they really thrive on adventure or a challenge. Mm. Like they love a good mystery or a puzzle or, the you know, they, they really do. They a love, love showing off their wit. Not just showing it off. They really thrive on the challenge, like the, yeah. the mental sharpening that it gives them. Like there's something if about. They, they're so smart. If they get bored, maybe it's dangerous. <laughs> it's possible. Where did I hide my lighter? I don't know. I keep doing it? this to myself. I do that to myself, too. I, I blame the weed. Oh, here it is, mixed in amongst the candies. So, yeah. How are they different? I mean, they differ in their looks, but I genuinely believe that they do a really good job of every iteration of the Doctor is just a continuation of the one before. They don't act as if what happened to them before has no bearing on who they are. In fact... What happened to them before has an acute bearing on what they become when they regenerate. So they're all intrinsically linked. And they do a fairly decent job of, of, of illustrating that throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Is you kind of go, okay, where are they at now in this journey of realiza- self-realization? It. I don't know much about Buddhism and the beliefs in reincarnation, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's a really sci-fi interpretation of it. That is my ignorant Buddhist opinion. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, honestly, reincarnation is reincarnation. I thought it's it was like Hindu. it's way. Well, I don't. I don't know. I feel like it. I don't know. I, I Buddhism might believe in it as well, but I know that it's they are linked. Very well. Yes, Hinduism is older linked. than Buddhism. Yes. Again, I don't know this for sure, but in my head, it made the connection. Mm-hmm. So I felt the need to share. I am Excellent. I love that after that episode, the Christmas invasion, people were so flabbergasted at such an intense, like, <laughs> Christmas episode that it just started becoming a tradition. Every season was ended that way with a Christmas, New Year's type special. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one, and I don't remember if it was. I don't remember which doctor it is, but there was a Christmas episode where the doctor was on this space vessel, like space luxury vessel called the Titanic. Uh And do you want to guess what that story of the Titanic was? Probably a mirror of the original Titanic. Yep. 
Yep. And, and this was, I think this was Tennant, actually, because I think it was after Rose left and he met someone on the Titanic that reminded him of her. Aww. Looked kind of like her. And anyways, and he was trying really hard to save her. It was, a, it was another very heartbreaking Rose. Rose. But he couldn't save her. This is also the character, the heroine's name in Titanic as well. Rose. Ironic. That's right. It was, wasn't it? But his name I is only ever saw Jack. that movie once. and Really? Is that good for you? Just one and done? I think um, I didn't enjoy it like a lot of people my age did. Yeah. And, and I've heard it mocked enough times that I'm just like, you know what? I appreciated the magnitude of what they tried to describe in, in the recreation of the ship and what life was like on the ship for people. I think Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet are phenomenal actors. I love them both. I think they do amazing work. I just don't think that their skills were sufficiently challenged. Like, they were given okay-ish material. Yeah, those, honestly, the script for them was pretty... It was really mm. bland. I think the only reason why that movie was a success was because they were fucking talented. Uh, a, no, a nude portrait... Oh, that, yes. And the steamy scene in the car. Yeah. So, there. Oh, and the him dying scene. Him, that too. I think the only challenge, the challenging part, would have been him dying. We don't. We don't need to go down the Titanic road too far. I just thought it was kind of funny how they used that as a as a parallel to sort of hmm. poke fun at that hmm. show. But oh, I like I like it when TV shows like honor a movie in that way so uh, what was that show called Dollface on hulu oh yeah it does that in i think the third season they have an episode dedicated to wizard of oz oh very cool it was very well done very clever i'm not gonna spoil it that's all you're gonna get i think that that doctor who does that a lot mm-hmm. they have they in and they're episodic not episodic they're um one shot stories most of them there is an overarching element that bleeds into some episodes that lead up to like a season finale but they do a fairly decent job of sort of just folding that in with that episode of the week mm-hmm. and uh there's a really good episode of the week uh if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it you don't have to have ever seen mm-hmm. any other doctor who because the doctor is hardly ever in it mm. and the episode is called Don't Blink. Oh, is it the angel statue The Weeping ones? Angels? No, I'm, I might be okay with not watching that. Really? I feel like I might have seen it, actually. It's a good one. And I've seen people use... think twice about statues. <laughs> uh, he, the, the whole speech that the doctor has, like, recorded that they see on the TV in the beginning, where he's like, don't blink, and gives them the whole rundown on what the angels are. I have seen TikTok videos or... Or, like, YouTube videos people make of their cats with that, that as an overlay. And and every time, then they're just, like, peeking out from behind the couch. And then they see the cat running towards them. But it pauses as soon as they see it. And then they go. And then you look again, and they're, like, that much closer. Yes. But they stop every time you look. That's, yes. <laughs> I feel like I've seen this episode, actually. It's adorable. I love it. It makes the angel weeping angels far, far less terrifying. <laughs> They're terrifying. Yeah, they are. Oy vey. Okay. How much we got? Well. We should probably say goodnight. I think that's it. I think we're good. Say goodnight, Kiki. Good night. Good night.